Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I'm Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cannon here tonight as we bring you Talking in Circles for the first time in a couple of weeks. We had an Ernie Irvin on a couple of weeks ago, but we've been in a little bit of a hiatus since NASCAR has kind of went into a lull there for a little while. Uh, but they're going to be returning, and we want to catch everybody up tonight here on what they've missed while you've been in your house, social distancing, pandemic. First things first, let's let's talk about um, – we wish everybody – hopes everybody staying safe out there. It's really tough times for everybody out there, and, and for the people who even uh, on unemployment, um, if you haven't lost a loved one, if you're on unemployment or you're going through some tough times right now financially, we feel for you as well, and our thoughts and prayers are with everybody um, as they get through this tough time, and we just hope here um, within the coming months and then within the year here that everything gets back to normal and, um, you know, the, this bad times will end. But for us race fans, um, life will get back to a little bit of normal. It's going to be a little bit different. We're going to discuss that. Um, if you're not familiar with what's going on, NASCAR has announced they will come back May 17th. They're going to run at Darlington Raceway May 17th. Um, it's I don't know if this has been announced, but it's pretty well known that it's going to be a pretty much a one-day show, no practice sessions. Um, uh, I think the only time they're going to qualify might be the Coca-Cola 600, but other than that, um, you know, that's pretty going to be pretty much race and go home. Um, I don't think there's going to be too many live pit stops. They haven't really announced that yet either, uh, but that's kind of what we're facing. It's just sort of getting these races in. I'll start with you, Philip. Then I'll go to then I'll go to Spencer. Um, was this the right decision to come back if, if you're NASCAR? I mean, there's a lot of factors to weigh in this. No fans are going to be in attendance. I, I talked about how the racing is going to be a little bit different. Do you think this was the right decision? Obviously, there's going to be some safety uh, precautions in place. Everybody's going to have masks on. NASCAR's going to hand out fines if you don't um, uh, have safety, you know, if you're not abiding by those rules. They're going to spread out teams in the garage area um, a, a lot further than they normally would. So a lot of things are going to be different, but do you think this was a good call by NASCAR here, or are they taking a big risk here on May 17th? What are your thoughts? I mean, based on things that they are doing to, I mean, I've, I've said it elsewhere, and I, I, in terms of the safety aspect, in terms of the, over the the road crews itself, the people that are pitting the cars, I'm not so sure about what the protocols that are in place and how far they're really going. I mean, if there are no pit stops, then you know, that'll be one thing. Or they don't have live pit stops. But it, I mean, it, to me, it's it, I'm I'm not the person they're trying to convince that it's the right thing to do or not. They know they're on. Unlike other racing series and other major sports entities, they're not, um, they keep on saying they need to run their full season. And I assume that has something to do with the RTA and, you know, the charters and TV and all that. So based on all of those things and based on keeping it within, you know, Charlotte and Darlington, they're kind of doing what they have to do. Is it right? Is it the right thing to do? I'm not so sure. But when you've been off the, this deal for two months, which it'll be by the time they run uh, at Darlington in a week and a half, uh, 
it's a choice that all these different people had to be involved in, and they felt as though it was right. In the end, it's, right. it, it, I don't, there isn't enough, I haven't heard enough from NASCAR, from the teams, from the big players that make me believe that there's a truly safe and logical plan in place. And that, in turn, yeah. makes me wonder about how viable or how logical this is, let alone if, like, for unforeseen circumstance, somebody is sick. And then there's an exposure when you consider these one-day shows. How many people did they touch or get to get around? How are you going to handle that? You know, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. they need it. They want to get that going. It's their choice. I don't know. I don't really trust their decision-making. Yeah, it's gonna be curious. I'm gonna be curious as far as pit stops are concerned, especially for that 600 mile race at Charlotte. I mean, um, you know, maybe they're gonna lack, you know, basically bring everybody down at the end of each stage um, and have two people or one person on each side of the car um, and making tire changes and uh, filling up with gas and, and kind of keeping everybody away and have as many least people as possible there. You know, you can make your adjustments and do all kinds of stuff um, with one or two people there. And then call it a day and come out, and you're gonna basically, um, you know, start where where you came out of where you came into pit road as. I think that's probably something we're gonna see something similar to that. Um, but it is it is very interesting this, the the decision to come back, and I think you hit on a big thing, and it's the reason why we've seen the iRacing, um, you know, be so prevalent in this is is the TV money. I think the TV is is the number one reason why they're coming back so early. I think um, they know that, um, you know. In certain areas, there's no question. Certain areas have been hit harder than others. Uh, I, you know, where we are, Philip, it's a hot spot. There's no question about it. Uh, where Spencer is, I'm not sure what the deal is, but uh, I'm almost positive it's not nearly as bad as it is up here in the Northeast. Uh, not as bad in Florida, where Spencer is, as, as much as it is here in the Northeast. So, um, you know, in North Carolina and South Carolina, it could be the same way there. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind as well. But it's going to be interesting. It's it's not, nothing to fool around with. But, uh, Spencer, what are your thoughts on coming back here? Uh, you know, the race fan in me is extremely excited. There's no question about that. NASCAR is going to be on their own pillar. They're going to be on their own stage here um, pretty much for a couple, at least for a couple of weeks. Who knows when? I know IndyCar is coming back, I think, the middle of June, I read. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure what other sports are going to do. Baseball looks like they're trying to aim for an early July, uh, maybe July 1st opening day so they're going to be on a pedestal here for a month or a month and a half by themselves um so that makes me excited as a race fan i can watch racing again even though it's going to be a lot different uh but what were your thoughts when you saw that they announced they were coming back and uh do you think that was the right decision yeah first i just want to touch on yeah it's not near as bad down here as it is up um where you guys are um they had testing outside of the speedway and they're already taking it down um, the cases down here have really slowed down, and the hot weather helps. You know, the virus can't live on anything for more than a couple minutes out in the heat. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good call to come back. You have to. I mean, it's going to be so hard to get this full season in if you, you know, if we're out another month or two. Um, you know, there's no way that they could get the whole um, 36 races in or, you know, the four that we already ran. Um, there's no way they could do that. Um, you know, the guys that are outside, it's hot, which, like I said, the virus hates the heat. 
Um, you know, as long as you're wearing a mask, you're fine. The mask is protecting others um, from letting, you know, your sneezes, your coughs. When you say certain words, it causes spit to leave your mouth. That's helping. Um, and it, trust me, I've been down in the garages and it's hot. Um, you know, the crew guys, the, the guy that does the gun, that's his gun. Um, you know, he touches it. Not only that, he's wearing a glove when he's doing it. So, um, you know, I think the call to wear the mask is, you know, that's, you know, that's going to help and, and save a lot of people from getting it. Um, you know, all these crew people, they've been quarantining, you know, cause they're out of their job, the shops are closed. So they really haven't gone anywhere. Um, you know, the ones that do podcasts, they're doing it virtual. So I think everybody's really kept their distance and, you know, the virus is slowly going away. Like I said, the numbers have definitely slowed down. Cases have stopped. Um, so I think it was a good call. You have to, um, you know, I watched an interview today with Steve Phelps and Ben Kennedy, and they said they had to do it. There was no way they could get the whole season in. So um, good call by them. They're doing they're you know, they're making safe calls, wear your mask, stay you're six feet apart. And you'll be all right. Yeah, the problem is, I, I, you know, to me is that they better hope nobody gets sick because this is a, it's going to look real bad. And, and, you know, obviously there's business implications behind there, but I also think the owners might have had something to do with this. They want to get paid as well. So there's a lot to unpack with that, and it's hard to criticize them. But to me, you know, they're going to be as safe as possible. There's no question about it. But um, it was is Obviously, I think the, the, the TV schedule is the reason why they did it. For 36 races, I think the TV schedule has wants 36 races, um, and I think they, they really want to get this season in. And I think the team owners look at it and say, we have a lot of these sponsors paid, paid for already, um, and we want to get our, our cars out there and these sponsors so we don't have to get the money back. So uh, I think that's a lot to do with it too. 917-889-8280 here. Um, we're going to go to a caller here, guys. Hello, John. Uh, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, since uh, NASCAR is coming back, uh, that is very exciting. I'm finally happy to watch. I mean, I thought I was finally hit rock bottom when I'm sitting there watching virtual racing on TV and was excited about it. Um, Part of the thing is I've listened to you guys talk about bringing the racing back. The governor of North Carolina is one of the people who said, please race at Charlotte. So you have the governor saying, please do it. They're going to do it without fans. They're doing one-day shows, so in reality, they don't even have to put the car in the garage. They could dump it off the hauler, put it on the, uh, put it on pit lane, cover it up, and say, let's go. The only thing that they have to worry about the uh, the crash cart, like um, your co-host said, they're wearing gloves with their guns, so they could actually do live pit stops. I mean, you watch them wear the neoprene over their faces, the drivers do it, put it on the, I mean, the crew guys have to wear helmets, put that over their helm, put that over their face. So that's taken care of. They can come, they can do this in a safe manner. Now, the thing is, and this is one of the things you look at, you take a risk walking across the street. This is a, this is a virus that is hitting people hard. I mean, I've we've been at war for almost 20 years now. We didn't stop anything. This virus has brought the country to a stop, and we're looking for something that will bring it back out and get it started again. And NASCAR is going to be one of the first ones to do it. I mean, heck, they're running the World of Outlaws tomorrow night at Knoxville. So, I mean, they're starting to come back alive. We're starting to get back into progress. Some of the, I mean, 
you look, they just opened golf courses in Pennsylvania last week. They're opening it up here in Massachusetts today. Um, we're slowly but surely going to start getting back to a new normal. But one of the things that, we, I mean, look how crazy it was. They had the draft this a couple weeks ago on TV for the NFL. Everybody did it virtually, and it was the highest-rated draft there's ever been because people are starving for some sort of entertainment. I mean, we are a culture of sports fans here in the United States, and we're looking for something. And if NASCAR beats everybody to the trigger, and if they can do it safely, and if they can put on some good shows, the fans that got lost for years may find their way back because look at look back in the day whenever we had the blizzard in the Northeast, we had the 79 Daytona 500, Kel Yarbrough and Donnie Allison fight on the backstretch, Petty wins. And NASCAR booms. This might be their opportunity to do that. For sure. And, you know, there are certainly some good points in there, John. And I I do agree as far as, um, you know, they're going to – this could be something that could propel them. But this isn't going to be NASCAR racing as we know it. Um, And and what I mean by that is – and this is kind of leads me to my next point is – you know, let's let's talk about how this is going to impact the racing itself. One day shows, as, as we mentioned, no, virtually no qualifying. Um, so teams are going to, like you said, bring cars to the racetrack and just go. Uh, there is going to be no more, to me, uh, you know, practice. You're not going to be able to practice and work on your car, you know. And whether that's a, it's debatable whether that's a good thing or not. But to me, I think w- what this is going to do is it's going to make teams that are way behind when this pandemic start, it's going to make them even tougher to catch up. You know, you could totally see somebody come out here in this pandemic and run off eight wins in 10 races or something to that nature. Because I just think without practice, without your car hitting the racetrack, these adjustments that you're going to need to make these, the information that you pour into this race car, you're not going to have much. So, it's going to pretty much be the same. And I think what we're, what we're ultimately doing, and one of the rules on the, the bulletin and NASCAR release was social distancing protocols throughout the event. Um, you know, that means the Jackman can't get close to the pit, to the tire changers. I'm telling you, I don't think we're going to see live pit stops. So it's going to change the racing completely. It's going to change the product on the racetrack completely. And, while I'm excited that we're going to have racing back and I'll take any racing over no racing, let's just keep in mind. It's not going to be NASCAR as we've known it for the last 15, 20 years. It's going to be a completely different thing, what we're watching. Um, and you know, that to me is, is I don't want people to get a false expectation of when we go back, it's going to be a hundred percent. It's going to be great. We're going to be entertained you could see Mark Trix Jr. go out and lead 400 laps at Charlotte and then do it again the next week. Um, so it's, it's sort of, to me, it's sort of just completing these races to appease certain contracts. Um, and, again, I'm, I'm so thrilled we're going back racing, but let's just keep in mind that it's going to be completely different than what we saw. Do you agree with that, Philip? Yeah, I mean, that's – the it's a valid point in terms of no practice. I, <clears throat> on the one hand, I do believe the way that they've been running races prior to 
this pandemic with some of the different methodologies that they've had, whether it's an impound or not an impound, going and having practice on a, on a Friday and then only running a qualifying on a Saturday. I think this has given NASCAR an opportunity to correct some of the issues they have with their scheduling. And if this works, it may allow them to, it may open up the opportunities to do things like a midweek race, or it would allow less days on the road, which is what I think is the necessary thing for the burnout and for the, what is asked of the people that really have to work on these cars on a weekly basis. Um, I mean, on, it, it, it may be a piece, it may be an unfortunate part of the deal if some of these drivers or some of these teams end up dominating races. Uh, but, you know, when there was, when it was regular, it happened too. Um, you know, if you count, if you consider that there's times or if they're going to do, you know, competition yellows or they're going to do halftime breaks, I think about the origins of the truck series where people led the entire race and there was only the one pit stop in the midpoint and they went and went back and led the second half. Um, it, what it's also going to do is, yeah, we've been talking about stims and, you know, running uh, simulators and running these uh, 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 racing and all these other platforms. I think it also, uh, opens up the sim game in terms of being able to test and do uh, R&D before they show up to some of these races because that's as close as they're going to get to having practice. But we know so. – you're right, and you brought up a lot of good points, but we know that the simulation isn't close to the real thing. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and you'll hear drivers say, hey, you know, our sim, sims is good. And then, you know, it's, it's good to have, but it's not anywhere close to what testing used to provide us. Um, and you brought up a good point, Philip. Here, here's something else I thought and that you brought up. Um, it, it could be a, uh, this pandemic, the, this type of racing, what we're seeing, could be a glimpse into what we see in 2021. For sure. I think the one-day shows are something that, that these cup drivers and a lot of these cup teams have been, have been clamoring for, saying we need you – know, we want that extra day at home. We don't want three-day shows anymore. It could be a, a thing while well, we did it, you know uh, – during the pandemic, how come we can't do it there? Live pit stops. If they do, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but if they do say, you know what, we're not going to do live pit stops anymore, that could be a glimpse into 2021. We've seen reports that uh, pit stops as we know them here in 2020 and as we know them prior to NASCAR are going to completely change in 2021. So this could be a glimpse for sure uh, on, on what we see in 2021, including the one-day shows. And, you know, I'm not in favor of that. I'm not in favor of the team aspect of NASCAR being taken away. And I think a lot of the changes, and I've, I've been on record of saying this, a lot of the changes for 2021 is doing, it, or is doing exactly that. They're taking the team aspect away. And I think that's what you're going to see here with this pandemic racing that we're going to see here in 2020 because there's only so many adjustments you can make at the racetrack. We know that. Um, and you're not going to have that time to where, hey, you know what, we can change this, we can change shocks, we can change this, we can change that. Between a practice and a race, you're just going to go race. And if you're off, you're off, you're done. 
And, you know, if you're far off, you're going to have to guess. You know, it's sort of guess guesswork at that point. So um, it, it could be an advantage to some teams. It could be a disadvantage to some teams. But I think it's going to be a, a thing where you might see these teams who are really struggling. It's going to be hard for them to keep up. And, you know, we could get to a point where it's, it's just like what – why are we even running these races? Because part of why we watch NASCAR is the team aspect. There's no pit stops that, that are team aspects. You can't work on your race car, really. Um, the crew chief has no say as far as strategy is concerned. So what's the point? Um, so really, uh, it, it makes, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, and if it is going to be a glimpse into 2021. Um, so, Spencer, what do you think about all that? I mean, again, I'll say this. I'd rather have racing than no racing. Um, I'm not trying to, to be too – I hope I'm not being too critical, but I think these are the realities we need to look at as far as if we're expecting cup racing to be the same as it was before we went to this pandemic, it's going to be completely different. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's definitely going to be different, but I still I still think you're going to have live pit stops. Um, just because – I'll touch on it real quick. It's a droplet virus. I mean, when you're doing a pit stop, you can stand next to somebody with this virus. As long as they don't cough or talk and you get a drop, you're going to be okay. Them doing a live pit stop, you're not talking to each other's face. You're sitting there looking at the wheel. You're doing five, five lugs. The guy's doing gas and you're and you got your suit on. So your sweat stand inside of your suit. They're going to wear their mask. So I still think you see live pit stops. I really do. Um, and if you, if they don't, then NASCAR is just being extra, extra safe and, you know, not doing like pit stops. Um, I definitely think the one day shows, um, would be something to look at in the future. I still think you should have practice, throw them out there for a 20 minute practice session. That's all you get. And then do 10 minutes of qualifying, 15 minutes of qualifying in the day and boom, or even condense into a two day show. Don't do this Thursday to Sunday or Friday to Sunday, depending on the weekend. Um, so that's something to look at. Make it short. I was thinking about that. I was laying in bed one day, just sitting there thinking about how they can do that, you know, without this pandemic um, or even with the pandemic, if they are going to do practice, but I know they don't want people around. They're trying to keep people as far as away from each other as possible. So um, yeah, do quick timed qualifying. If it has to be group qualifying again, just go out there, run a couple laps, take the car in, and what you have is what you have. That way you know what you're going to have. Um, you got 20 minutes of practice. Um, you know, figure it out then. You know, these crew chiefs get paid the big bucks, so 20 minutes of practice, they can throw something in it and make the car how they want it. Um, but, yeah, they, that's definitely something to look into, and I think it'd be nice. The drivers will sure enjoy it. Um, they don't have to sit there and purchase expensive motorhomes, you know, um, you know, and it's going to save, it's going to definitely save money. Teams are out there buying all this food for four day weekends. Um, so it can definitely change the game for sure. And I'm not going to try and completely disagree with what you say, but I'm going to have, I'm in, and we're getting a little off topic, but I'll bring it back. Um, I, I have a hard time feeling sympathy for millionaire drivers and billionaire owners spending money on food and, and spending money on, on RV. I'm, I'm being dead serious. I have a hard time being sympathetic and who who loses out when you do a two-day show or a one-day show and they can do it this week with the pandemic and that's that's you know with the pandemic obviously it's fine with no fans there but ultimately who loses out is a race fan somebody that goes to the racetrack like you you go to charlotte all the time uh or you want to go to charlotte this year and you can't do that unfortunately for you but you know 
a lot of fans go there on Friday. They want to see their drivers there at the track. They want to see their cup guys, people who go camping for a week. They want to see cup guys there. They want to see the cup guys. They don't really, you know, as horrible as this is to say, they don't really want to see the truck series drivers or the experienced series drivers. They want to see their big guys on cup there on Friday, there on Saturday. Um, the fan loses out. Now, that is certainly a battle that, that is going going on. There's no question. I think the drivers would love that. It, it, and we're talking, for the record, we're talking about past 2020 into 2021. That is certainly going, going on. But I just have a hard time feeling sympathetic for, for people who are getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars that they, that they don't get to spend an extra, you know, they don't spend money on a motor, motor coach. I have a hard time, a hard time feeling sympathy for that. I really do. When, when fans pay their hard-earned money to go watch you perform so you can make all that money, you can retire for 20 years and not have to think about working for the rest of your life, I really have a hard time feeling sympathy for them. But uh, that, that's besides the point. So let's it's bring it back right to the pandemic. Anyways, so. Let's bring it back to the pandemic here a little bit. Um, so the schedule, I just want to talk about the schedule because, again, there might not be fans who – uh, might not know exactly what the schedule looks like. Uh, it's Darlington on Sunday, May 17th. That's the Cup Series. They're going 400 miles at Darlington. Um, and then they're going to run uh, an Xfinity 200-mile race at Darlington on Tuesday, May 19th. Wednesday, a 500-kilometer race on Wednesday, May 20th for the Cup Series. Cup Series runs again Sunday, May 24th, 600 miles, a couple of 600 uh, starting at 6 o'clock on a Sunday before Memorial Day. Um, and then the Xfinity Series will run on Memorial Day, on Memorial Day night, uh, at a 300-mile event at Charlotte. Then the Truck Series will run at Charlotte on Tuesday, the next day, the 26th, a 200-mile event for the Gainer Truck Series. And then Cup Series runs again at Charlotte for 500 kilometers um, on Wednesday, May 27th. So that's right now what the schedule looks like. That's it. You know, and that's – Four Cup Series races, two Xfinity and a truck race. That's it right now. Um, so, you know, what goes on past that? I'm sure that we'll have a lot more answers here once we run both races at Darlington. And they got that little bit of a lull there uh, as far as the schedule is concerned. But we know it's not going to be Texas Motor Speedway. They're going to run a doubleheader with Texas uh, in early June for the uh, uh, IndyCar race. They're not going to do that. There's also talk now. Jay Ski had it this afternoon. Uh, Chicagoland Speedway could be losing their dates. All the truck series, the Xfinity series, and the Cup series, all dates could be gone from Chicago Land Speedway this year. So that's another track that's probably not going to go to. Chicago's a, a high-populated area, so I doubt they go there. Um, so that's what the schedule looks like right now as we go on. Um, and that's pretty much right now where we sit. And John, I know you want to comment one more time, uh, but what's, what's your final thoughts here before we move on about, these, um, about this pandemic and what NASCAR is going to be dealing with here in the next couple of weeks? Well, Clayton, one of the things that I keep seeing out of this is I think the first race at Darlington, if you really think about it, is a test drive. If they try doing it without the live pit stops and people are going nuts, I mean, Brian, I mean, um, Steve Phelps and Jim France and Ben Kennedy are going to pay attention to everything that happens. If it's a stinker at Darlington, the first race, how quick is there a technical bulletin from NASCAR at 12:35 that night saying we will be doing live pit stops when we come back on Wednesday? Uh, one of the things I look at it, it does penalize the small teams, the 
go fast racings, the teams like that, because they're behind the eight ball already. They're not going to have a big inventory. Say they go out and wreck the first race at Darlington. They don't have three Darlington cars ready to go because normally Darlington runs once a year. They're going to run at Darlington three times this year, it looks like. It's going to be tough for the Christopher Bells, the John Hunter Nemechek's, the Cole Custer's, and the and the and um, all the rookies this year because they haven't driven a cup car at Darlington. And they're going to go on a completely green track, and the first laps at Darlington are the toughest because there's no rubber laid down. That place is going to eat tires like it's its job. Hopefully NASCAR gives them more tires than they normally do because there's no rubber going to be on that track. So it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see how that first race goes and what NASCAR does yeah. between the first race at Darlington to the second race at Darlington to the 600. It is. And it's and been John, an honor being so with you guys for, again. Thanks, John. Thanks so, so much for, for your comments. Um, for sure. It's going to be interesting. And, and, you know, I am gonna. I think everybody's gonna pay pretty much close attention to that May seventeenth race at Darlington. But what he brought about the uh, points, and he's right. I, I really agree. If somebody tears up a race car, a smaller team. But I also feel like, you know, maybe these engineers won't have as big of a say in these race cars, at least at the racetrack, um, because you know, if, if somebody, if a big team comes to these racetracks, you know, let's say hypothetically Hendrick Motorsports or a Stuart Haas comes to these tracks and they're way off. They can plug into their computer, try and figure out exactly what's going on, look at their teammates' notes, and say, well, let's, let's, let's just take the setup that Kevin Harvick has if Clint Boyer is struggling and just put Harvick's setup in. We know Kevin's fast. Let's just put it in there, make it work, and, yeah, it's not a good setup. It, it might, not, we not, might not win, but we'll be okay. At least we're not going to be as off as we are. They're not going to have the opportunity to do that. So maybe there's a little bit of a double-edged sword for these smaller teams to say, hey, you know what, we might not have the engineers here, but they're not going to play as big of a factor at the racetrack as they normally would. I'm going to be fascinated to see how that plays out. Okay. Our next topic I want to discuss, guys, here tonight on Talking in Circles, 917-889-8280 if you want to talk tonight on Talking in Circles. That's the number to call. Um, is the Kyle Larson situation, of course. It's something that, you know, it's the elephant in the room everybody's got to touch on. Um, and I don't want to get too into too specific because it is a very touchy situation. But, again, if you were buried under a rock, um, Kyle Larson has been relieved of his duties at Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, He's been suspended by NASCAR indefinitely. Now, John touched on Larson racing this weekend, uh, doing World of Outlaws racing. Now, he's completed sensitivity training um, after his comments on a Twitch video during an iRace where he he uttered a racial slur. Um, and it cost him his job, uh, and now there's reports his house, both of his houses are up for sale. So there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things to consider. And, and if you don't, not sure what's going on with the 42 team, Matt Kenseth has been hired to drive that car for the remainder of the 2020 season. And we'll dive into that a little bit more. But I want to touch on Larson here, and I'll give Spencer the floor. I know this is his driver. And again, I don't want to get into specifics about the about what happened with Larson because it is a touchy subject. Um, but I, my first question to you is, with with what we're seeing now, he's going uh, World of Outlaw Racing and his house is being for sale. Do you think we're going to see Kyle Larson in NASCAR ever again? What are your thoughts? 
Um, it's just gonna it's gonna be hard with um, sponsors wanting to um, be associated with a guy that used that type of word um, because that word is definitely not taken lightly. Um, you know, I would, and then it's gonna also be hard for teams to want to take them because then those teams get bad mouth for uh, hiring a racist guy. Um, do I think he's racist? No. Um, but still, the word he said, he said, and you know, you know, even you either you're racist or you're not, you still shouldn't say that word. Um, you know, NASCAR you know, has said you complete your sensitivity training, you can come back. Um, Bob Parker's tweeted that's been the case in the past, and um, War of Outlaws let him come back after he did that. So I would say he can get back in. It's just going to be so hard to find a sponsor. I mean, McDonald's was so loyal to him. Credit One was, mm-hmm. you know, not as loyal, but, you know, as McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's went over to the World of Outlaws, Um you know, they, you know, if they weren't his primary sponsor, they had a little decal on his outlaw car. Or it was his prime. I mean, that sponsor was so loyal to him. And um, for him to lose a sponsor like McDonald's and to have a sponsor that loyal to you is what you need in this type of business um, because they'll go anywhere with you. Um, you know, he was going to do the race at Homestead in the truck, the bounty. My odds are that McDonald's was going to sponsor that race car. Um, yep. So... It's he's he really. I mean, this is my driver. You guys know I'm a big Kyle Larson fan, and this is coming yeah. from you know a guy that has all his diecast. I mean, I have every diecast he has. Um, it's 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 going to be very tough for him, even though after completing the training, people aren't going to look at him the same. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be really tough. It's sad that he has to sell you know over six million dollars in homes, and it's really. I mean, he's not. He has no paychecks. Um, as far as yeah. Paul Silva Racing paying him, that's I got news for you. As much as he's paying him, he has a lot more bills he has to pay than what Paul Silva's paying him to drive that 57 outlaw car. Uh, so it's uh, it's tough. I mean, he lost it all. Lucas Oil's gone. Um, Chevy's gone. And Chevy sponsored Carson Macedo as outlaw driver. So now his outlaw driver is a sponsor. So, I mean, it doesn't just mm-hmm. affect Larson. It affects guys at his race shop. Um, Carson Macedo. I mean, it affects everybody. So it's a bad situation for him. I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for his son. His son's going to wonder, you know, Daddy, why aren't we going to the racetrack? What happened? And he's going to have to tell him. Um, so it's mm-hmm. a difficult situation in Larson House. Well, and and there's a lot you talked talked Stan, and and I'm sure there's very. Uh, it, it was a tough day for you, I'm sure, when when it was announced that, or when it really broke what happened. Um, because it was such a such a you know happened late at night, and it was such a big story because nothing else really came. And, and let me say this, and you touched on it, and I, I don't want to get too deep into this and get into you know trying to figure out the mind frame of Kyle Larson. I, you know, I'm not a psychi- psychologist. You know, I don't get paid that money to do that. Um, but I don't think he's racist either. I, I think he's, I don't think he's very smart to use that word the way he does. Uh, so that's certainly something that um, he needs to work on for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, my my theory is, and, and the reason why I asked the question is, you know, there was talk earlier 
last couple of years about Larson, and you know he came out and said it and got a lot of backlash for it. Don't forget that he said, you know, my dream is to be basically go world of outlaw racing, and uh, you know a lot of people were kind of like scratching their head, going, "You're a cup driver, and you're saying that about world of outlaw racing." And then he kind of had to recant. If you remember, he came out and was like, "Well, you know, I mean, you know," and but he said it, you know, and and I and I personally think. We could have seen the last of them. I think Kyle might look at it and say, listen, I'll just go with outlaw racing. I don't need to deal with, um, you know, the backlash that's going to come with running in the Cup Series. I, I was doing it because I enjoyed it, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be enjoyable if I come back. Uh, and, and that, that listen, it's going to be interesting to see how he can rebuild his career. Uh, but, you know, as far as the 42 car is concerned uh, and, and Chip Ganassi racing, they have a driver now for 2020. Philip, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, you know, there were some options when, when it was announced Larson was, was not going to return. Uh, there were some options out there. One particular option was, part, was um, Ross Chastain to drive that 42. Ross has run every single cup race this year. Of course, he's except for Ryan Newman. Newman, by the way, was announced during this pandemic. He will return and drive number six cars. So Ross is out. Newman, if you saw his record in Daytona 500, he will return and drive that number six car for Jack Roush at, Char- at Darlington on May 17th. Um, so he was an option. I mean, he's a, he's a Ganassi uh, development driver, and yet he didn't get chosen. It was Matt Kenseth taking over that 42 car. What were your initial thoughts when you saw Matt Kenseth driving that 42 car, uh, and, and how do you think he's going to perform? What, what's, your, what's your initial thoughts here on, on Matt Kenseth uh, driving for Chip Ganassi Racing here in 2020? I mean, I was surprised, to say the least. I mean, when you consider, I mean, everyone thought, okay, fine, Ross was going to get the 42 ride because he's contracted to Chip Ganassi, and he's very, and Chip is very fond of, of Ross. Uh, but then before the announcement even came out, you know, you go on social media, it wasn't, it was kind of like, oh, we're not going to do the Ross Chastain move, I would assume because of his contract for Xfinity, you know, his involvement with the, you know, the Nice team and trucks probably wasn't going to be available. Um, also, they took into account the fact that, you know, Newman was coming back, but still. When I heard Matt Kenseth, I was, I was shocked. Um, I mean, granted, he didn't have the theoretical end of the career that he wanted, but you know, when you go out and intentionally wreck somebody the way he did a few years before that, and you you bring a premium that he brings as a champion driver and two-time Daytona 500 winner and all these other things that come with, you know, Matt Kenseth, you're not going to keep a ride, especially at, you know, a place like Joe Gibbs who really puts all his emphasis on two drivers. And he didn't get to walk off the way he wanted to. In this case, albeit the circumstances are are indefinitely weird and brutal and crazy, Kenseth gets to, if he can win, and if he can start making points, I mean, albeit it's not really that hard to make the top 30 points and tough, but if he can run well and he can possibly win a race, or two, he's a contender. That team, Ganassi, for the last last year, was probably the best Chevy team 
uh, in general across the whole entire season. Like Bush was, Kurt Bush was good for most of the summer. He won his one race and then hit the and went in the tank. And then Larson took off, ended up winning Dover, getting in the playoffs, going as deep as he ever had in the playoffs. Um, they're a team that can make something happen. Uh, Chevy has made improvements. There's been signs with not just Ganassi, of course, Hendrick, you know, and hey, at least they, they, the point is Matt Kenseth isn't somebody that's going to say something controversial. So if they wanted to bring back, they they already got back credit one. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to bring back McDonald's, of course, because they had such a big involvement, as Spencer said, with um, Larson, uh, and they're a big, big company. But you consider some of the other people that were involved uh, with that team, the Clovers and and some of that. They may be able to get some of those team people back. They may be able to leverage some of the sponsorship that uh, Matt has made uh, over time, and they'll be able to run. You know, they'll be able to run this season out. Uh, in the end, the the now because we, we could think about going back a few weeks before the pandemic and we were talking about Larson and what he was going to do for 2021 and that there was an option that there was an opportunity where he may move on and that right. Ross Chastain was going to go to the 42 car. I think in the end, all we're doing is basically setting the table for him to go to the 42 car. Now, what his sponsorship package is going to be is a combination of what Ganassi can do and what Ross Chastain can do to make sure they can fund that team. And then mm-hmm. secondarily, right. looking at who they're going to get um, to eventually replace Kurt Busch, who's going to retire after 2020. So that's really where yeah. the game is for, for Ganassi at this point. I think Larson may come back if he decides to put money on himself if he really wanted to with a lower funded team, but I don't think he wants to. I think he's just going to go and say, Hey, I'll just go and do what I really wanted to do my whole life, which is the things are part two. Yeah. I think you're right on that second part. Um, there's no question, you know, to me, the Mac Kenseth hire, and I, I want to get, let me put this on the table. And I did a little bit of a, uh, an instant reaction about this. And I'm going to try and not get too worked up because it, to me, it, this stuff, and I explained it to Spencer off, off air yesterday, this stuff gets me irate. And the fact that Matt Kenseth got a, a championship waiver to me is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen this sport do In the, as long as I've been a fan. It's incredible that he was able to get a waiver. I can't even believe it. But facts are facts, and there's nothing I can do about it, and he's going to run for a championship. So if you're unaware of exactly what we're referring to in that is running for a championship because you knew the NASCAR rule book well, and you understand that you would think that, you know, well, uh, doesn't everybody have to run a race unless they get a wa- You have to run every race unless you get a waiver. Yes. And we've seen dumb waiver agreements in the past. I thought Sauter getting suspended and getting a waiver last year was insane too. But Matt Kenseth now has proven that you can run, you can miss the first four races of the year and NASCAR's okay with it. And we'll get you a waiver and you can run for a championship. That's proven. So, don't worry about that. Um, so if, if somebody wants to do this next year, you know, that's totally fine. Um, but my, the, so if you missed it, the point is he can run for a championship. Now, how is Matt Kenseth going to 
perform, it's going to be very interesting. You know, I talked about no having no practice. Matt hasn't run a car since uh, the end of the 2018 season. He only ran, I think, 15 races in that year when he ran that year. If you remember, he, he came in and he substituted for Trevor Bain. Uh, I think he took over right around, right around Charlotte, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. Kansas might have been his first race, something like that. So, he only, you know, he started late ran a lot of races in the middle of the year, and he didn't finish with that many races. So it's really been since 2017 that Kenseth has run a full slate of races, and he hasn't gone to some of these racetracks since 2017. Um, so, you know, that's that's a long way away now. Now, he's a very, very talented race car driver. I know he's 48 years old. There's no question he's a talented race car driver. Uh, but how he's going to perform is very interesting to me. Uh, but as far as Walsh saying is concerned, listen – you know, I'm not sure what the talks were with Ganassi. I know Spencer. I'll let you comment on that next. Um, I'm not sure what the what the talks with Ganassi were, so I'm, I'm kind of talking, uh, speculating here. But to me, uh, I, I feel a little bit slighted, especially a guy who had a full time Xfinity Series ride before a really ridiculous situation went on. Not at Ganassi's control, no doubt about it. But he had a full time ride at Ganassi to run for the Xfinity Series, and probably could be in the Cup Series today had he had that ride full-time last year in the Xfinity Series because I'm sure he would have won races. That Mike Shiplett was a great crew chief. They, they, they won two races two races together or raced together and finished second, and the other one was tremendous in the other one that they ran uh, the year before. It would have been a, a, a tremendous marriage. Ross probably would be in the Cup Series today if that was the case. Similar. Um, but unfortunately, that's not. So now this is the second time in his career where it looked like you know all the cards were on the table for Ross Chastain to run pretty much full-time in a Ganassi car, and that's not going to happen. Now, again, they could have it, been some hurdles there. Colic sold uh, Nutrigen AG on Ross Chastain. I'm sure they've probably been very disappointed and very angry if Ross went to the Cup Series. But to me, that's an opportunity Ross can't pass up. Um, so, Spencer, what were your thoughts when you saw Matt Kenseth hired for that 42? Were you disappointed? I know you like Ross too, but were you disappointed in, in what um, – in, in the fact that it wasn't Ross driving that 42 car – and it was Matt Kenseth. What were your thoughts on, on that whole situation? Well, I mean, I'm going to touch on this. I think it's the best. I think it's best for Ross not to. Um, I think he just needs to. Well, obviously, he would, you know, compete for a Cup championship. But I think he just needs to stick with Colleague. Um, and run that full season and really focus on a championship. Um, you know, the odds of him winning a championship in the 42 car are not on his favor. And this is coming from a Ross Chastain fan um, because you got to, you know, beat the best of the best, the Harvicks, the Bushes, you know, you guys know him. Um, and he could possibly win an Xfinity, champ- Xfinity Series championship. Um I got news for you. I would rather win an Xfinity Series championship than run in a cup car and not win a championship because my name will be under as a champion. Um, uh, And he's already, you know, backed out of a deal and converted to points before. And then if he did it again, that doesn't really look so good on him Um, because then teams are going to go, well, oh, if a better deal comes up and contract with him, well, then he can just back out and do this or that. So I was shocked when about Matt Kenseth. I he wasn't on my radar, and then you know I got to think I was like, well, who else would they have got? Um, so bringing in a retired guy, 
you know, makes sense, you know, but I don't agree on the waiver. Um, you touched on that. So, so I think it's good for Ross just to stick in the Xfinity Series, get more experience there, uh, possibly win a championship. And, um, you know, odds of him going to the 42 car next year are still pretty high. You know, that's what everybody's speculating anyways. So um, mm-hmm. we'll just have to see. Uh, listen, and, and your points are valid. I respectfully completely disagree. If, if I'm a a fan of, you know, Ross Chastain in his future, I want him in the cup. And if I'm Ganassi and I want him to be a Cup Series champion eventually, get him in a cup car now. I mean, your season pretty much to me, I mean, now that they cleared a waiver for, for uh, Kenseth, whatever. But, you know, to me, you're looking at the big picture here. You brought up a fair point. Teams might look at him and say, well, you know, if a better ride comes up, you're not going to have to worry about that when you're in a 42 car at Ganassi. Um, you know, that, that's that's probably the ceiling. You know, obviously you can move up from there, but that's pretty pretty close to the ceiling of where you want to be in your cup career, in your career as a race car driver, driving a very competitive cup car. Um, and what this, running this year would do is just give you more experience in these fast race cars. So when 2021 came, and if you are going to run in 2021 and be that driver, if Chip Ganassi looks at it and says, I want Ross Chastain to be my driver in 2021, what's a better way to get his feet wet, throw him into the fire and say, you know what, go ahead, Ross, go run for me. We're going we're gonna to put you in there next year. Go out there, learn as much as you can, because when 2021 comes, you're going to have pretty much a year of Cup Series experience under your belt. And he could make the playoffs this year, and that would get him some – I don't think it's, it's crazy to say – well, if Ross got in that 42, we would make the playoffs. I think you could make the playoffs. They take 16 guys. I mean, you have to really, really suck to not make the playoffs pretty much in Cup Series. Um, so you would get recognition there. Uh, so to me, it, it – while I understand, I think what, what really what we have to look at is this was, I think, a deal with Chevrolet wanted, wanted a big-name driver in that car, and I think the sponsors wanted a bigger, bigger driver with a bigger oomph than Ross Chastain. And that's, that's with all due respect to Ross Chastain, but, you know, Matt Kenseth brings a lot of oomph to that hire. When you say Matt Kenseth, people go, whoa, you know, I'm sure there was Matt Kenseth fans who have sort of, you know, trying to figure out where they, where they go from there, and they say, whoa, whoa, my guy, and they are buying every possible thing they can, every merchandise they possibly can. You know, they got Matt Kenseth, they have Kyle Larson underwear that they t- they've taken and, and put in a, a, a magic marker through and taking out Kyle Larson's name and just have 42 because they're so excited that Matt Kenseth is coming back. I mean, that that's reality. It really is. I'm sure there's a ton of fans out there who are Matt Kenseth's fans who are just elated that he's going to be driving this car. And listen, I, again, you cannot find a bigger a bigger fan of Matt Kenseth than me. I think Matt Kenseth, first battle Hall of Famer. I mean, anybody who wants to argue with that is, is, is crazy. I mean, he is the first battle Hall of Famer, no question. Um, the most, I think he's one of the most underrated drivers in NASCAR history. Um, but as far as big picture was concerned, uh, I think Ross would have been the way to go here. And, and I know that's kind of a crazy, crazy, um, you know, a crazy opinion, and, and people probably look at it and come on. But big picture, if you wanted a, a guy to look at that, and what, to me what you're doing right now is, sure, Ross might, might run for a championship in Xfinity, but next year when he gets into a, a fast cup car, I know he's turned to 15, but that's a completely different deal. When he gets into a fast cup car, a cup car that's competitive, he's going to have another year where he's going to have to learn how to run in the cup series, and it's going to take him a year or two to, where he could have done that this year, and then 2021, when all things shake out, he would have had a much better t- a chance at having success. That's just the way I look at it. And there's really no wrong It was sponsor's choice. It was, 
and it was. There, I think sponsors had a huge deal with that, and rightfully so. They were the ones that probably were on the fence of coming back or not, you know, uh, after the whole Larson deal, but um, certainly something else. And uh, one, I want to discuss uh, the new procedures before we go here, guys, about, um, about what we see at Talladega and Daytona. If you missed it, there was an announcement. It kind of went under the radar a little bit here um, uh, over the last couple of weeks because it is, you know, a pandemic and, and there was so much to talk about everything. But I initially Ryan Newman's coming back. Um uh, but they also announced some rule changes and some unusual bulletins that will affect uh twenty twenty and it will also affect some of the restrictor plate tracks or super speedway tracks I should say gotta get out of that habit. So uh there's a temporary ban on the temporary ban on most testing will be lifted on May fourth, so I'm guessing teams can go out. Although uh Cup series teams, Xfinity series and a truck series on-track testing will not be allowed for the remainder of 2020. I don't know what that means. But the big thing I want to discuss here, guys, is um, there's some technical changes. And on the super speedways, they're going to slow these cars down. Uh, the, the reduction in, in the size of the throttle body is going to be going to be down. Uh, they're also going to eliminate the aero ducts on the front of the race cars. And uh, they're also going to add a, a something very interesting, something called slip tape. Um, which will be applied along the entire length of the lower rear-facing surfaces of the rear bumper cover and extension. So what that means to me is they're going to go significantly slower. Now, Philip, you've been on a record, I believe you've been on a record, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you loved tandem racing, and you were really big into tandem racing. And I think what we're going to see here now at these super, at these super speed of racetracks is something close to that. Now, I know they're putting slip tape on to try and prevent that, but they're going to slow these cars down. I think they should have slowed these cars down, but they should have changed the entire package to me, made them harder to handle. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, but they're going to make them real easy to handle. They're going to slow them down significantly. Is that something that you like what NASCAR did with these with these changes? I know we're not going to really know what, what happens until we hit the racetrack at Talladega and Daytona whenever we do that. But what were your thoughts when you saw that announcement, Philip? I, I mean – I've never been a, a plate racing fan. I, I'm, I'm definitely of the ilk that never's really cared for it. I mean, granted, you need to have a driver that's really good at it for it to be a thing. Earlier in my fan, very early in my fandom, that was a thing, and then it took a good decade before that became a thing again, and then that went away. Um, yeah, I loved the tandems because that was the only time where you wouldn't have 30 cars wrecked in, in one shot. The worst you'd have is probably cars that get wrecked. Uh, slowing the cars down, fine, good. Um, if it means they're going to stay down on the ground and there's science that says that they're going to stay on the ground, good. Do I believe they're going to stay on the ground? No. Uh, because NASCAR's been on this thing since 1987, and they still haven't fixed it. Uh, you don't need to have an 8-inch spoiler and you don't have to have all these things. You could figure out a way to keep these cars on the freaking ground and still have racing. Uh, do I think they're going to go to tandems? No, because I figure they're going to man. They're going to come up with some mandate where the, radiate, the opening for the grill is going to be so narrow and they're going to need tape to where they're going to blow the engines uh, if they run 
together for more than like a half a lap or a quarter of a lap. Uh, so they'll basically, they're going to artificially put it, they hope to artificially put it back to what it was prior to restrictor place. I think that's what they think is going to happen. Do I believe that's going to happen? No. Because ever since the COT has existed, they figured out a way to stay together in some way, shape, or form. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fine and well. We'll find out probably in August uh, during the, Coke Zero Four Hundred. Uh, what truly is going to come of this whole circumstance? But hey, it, it is what it is with with Daytona and Talladega. You could change it to whatever you want. They should make it a figure eight and be better. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I've been on the record. I wasn't a fan of tandem, and and I'm not going to get in that debate right now. But what I hate is what they do in the Xfinity Series, where they Try and police it themselves because your famous line, Philip, consistently inconsistent. Uh, and what's the other one? Uh, and selective you know, enforcement. Selective enforcement, ex- exactly. Thank you. Where we'll see some certain drivers and some teams push no call, and then we'll see a little tap push. And if it's you know Joe Smith from Idaho and Clayton Caldwell, you know they're getting <laughs> they're going to the pits and, and serving a penalty. Yeah. It's true, and and that that is. You know, that's what drives me crazy about the Xfinity Series, research and plate racing at the Xfinity Series, is I don't want to be put in NASCAR's hands to have them make a decision because it ruins the racing for me. I hate it. I've hated, I hated, the, Xfinity, I've hated the Xfinity Series. That they've done it. To me, if you want to prevent what goes on, um, if you want to prevent bump drafting or push drafting, whatever, tandem racing, whatever you want to call it, create a car that can do that. Create the rules so they don't do that, um, and that's very simple, you know. But if if the rules dictate that they that the best way for a driver to win these races is to push, let them do it. Yeah, I got no problem with it. But I'm I'm going to say I don't like it. But you can't sit there and if this is and the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm afraid this is what's going to happen with the Cup Series. I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see NASCAR make a judgment call and ruin somebody's race. Because the, and they got it wrong when we saw you know five guys do that earlier, but their last name was Elliot or the last name was you know uh, Gordon hypothetically or Earnhardt or whatever, and they didn't make the call there. So to me, or Kyle Busch or something, because they're, they know they're going to get bashed in, in the uh, press and they don't want to do that. Me. So yeah. right. So to me, it, it's let them ra- do this. And if you want to make changes, make changes to the race car, but do not sit there and say we're going to police when you know every time they police something, it it's uh, an absolute disaster. So uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on tonight. I know um, it was it's been a while since we've been on. It feels good to get back talking about racing um, and, and discuss everything that we discussed tonight. And we will be back here soon. You're not talking in circles. Um, stay tuned. We'll, we'll break down all. We'll try and break down a lot of the races. It's gonna be hard to break down every race because there's so many c- compiled in there. But we'll try and figure it out for you. We'll try and get these um, out, out and pumped out for you as soon as we can here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Again, we wish everybody being safe. Uh, and if you're going through a tough time, you're in our thoughts and prayers for sure here on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody. <laughs>